Previously on Fun Science Fiction. My wife has informed me that that is the casket when I die. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. This is the podcast where the memes are made up and the points don't matter. At least that's what our mom told us. All right, we want to take a moment here to welcome to the show, officially, Brandon McKinney, host of the High Ground Podcast, also known to as Darth Chocolate to his YouTube and TikTok followers. So thanks for being on today. We're glad to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, love well, you guys. Yeah, we're, we're excited about this. So, all right, first up, we need to talk about your professional football career that you had with the Chargers, Ravens, and Colts. What are you enjoying most about retirement from football? No, we're just kidding. We know yeah. that's not you. <laughs> no, it's uh, but the the Ravens are actually my favorite team, so I got oh, yeah. Brandon oh, McKinney's cool. jersey okay. because oh, like, wow, wh- why not? It's that's well, like yeah. cheating. So, <laughs> uh, do you know how many Brandon McKinney's there are out there, and how hard it was to actually find other information about you than what you provided us? You always try to do a little bit of more background. <laughs> We weren't stalking. It was okay. It was a light stalking, but uh, the words "Death Star" and "Star Wars" or "Darth Chocolate." The only way we found you really was by "Darth Chocolate." Those other words were not helpful uh, search tools. But just FYI, I try to keep a low profile. You know, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's intentional. Well, you sir are succeeding. Flying <laughs> under the radar. Let's just jump right into some questions with the wise and all-powerful Darth Chocolate, whose wisdom will surely challenge the great George Lucas. All right. So in the bio that you sent us, Brandon, you told us that you said Star Wars is considered fantasy while Star Trek is considered sci-fi. However, you said the first episode of Star Trek Next Gen is way more fantastical than all of Star Wars put together. So we'd like you to explain what you meant by that and then feel free to go ahead and duck because truckies are everywhere and they're feisty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a hot take. I, I, I get it. You know, I get flack for, for this. Um, and by the way, I mean, Star Wars is absolutely a fantasy since there is no earth in the universe, right? So that's like by definition makes it a fantasy. But I maintain that the only difference is who does the camera follow? If the camera were to follow a random stormtrooper, it, it would look like like sci-fi that's that's all i'm saying uh you know star wars you know we have you know the jedi and sith and the force and all this stuff right but the only thing that really falls into that really fantasy territory is the force itself right the, the one singular thing now if you watch the first episode of next gen you know first thing is you, you meet q um like need i say more (laughs) you know then they travel to a uh to a space station that magically lets things appear but it turns out that it's uh, a giant sentient space jellyfish and the reason (laughs) things are falling apart is it's lonely i mean come come on you know (laughs) i need friends too right (laughs) I'm I'm just saying, you know. Just saying. I can believe in in the force versus Q and this this giant uh, lonely space jellyfish. <laughs> they do need love too. Love it. I think yes. that's a fair answer. All right. Why not Zoidberg? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, out of the eleven live action Star Wars films, many at the time felt that the prequels missed their mark, uh, but they warmed up to them over time. 
The same reaction has been had to the newer Disney run sequel films. And time will tell if people warm up to them over time. But let's talk about the two standalones, Rogue One and Solo. Now, personally, I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One is an amazing film. And as a matter of fact, when that movie was over, I rushed straight home and I put on uh, New Hope because I had to see how the one ended because that was still fresh in my mind from leaving the movie theater to see how New Hope began, to see the, the transition there and the way that they joined those two movies together. But I haven't warmed to Solo yet. I'm trying. I've watched it a few times. Now, however, on TikTok a little while back, you defended Solo. And you talked about why it was worthy of our watching it again. So tell us why Solo is a good movie and why we should watch it again. Now, in all fairness, I need you to keep in mind that my son's middle name is Harrison. And go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one. Well, I mean, one of the things I, I have... I love doing is talking with other people about Star Wars, especially about things that they love. So um, I will have conversations about these films with individuals where this is their favorite film. And that in and of itself gives you like a whole new perspective on it. Um, but as far as Solo, it's uh, just like, you know, the, the podcast, it's, it's not taking itself too seriously. It's, it's a fun ride. Um, there are some beautiful visuals in, in it. There are a lot of things that, you know, I, we didn't need. I think that was a big problem. Is it's not a movie that we needed. You know, no one was really asked. We were all asking for Kenobi, but, <laughs> but yeah. uh, we got this. Um, but I still maintain it's a, it's a solid film. It's, it's fun. It's action-packed. It's a Star Wars heist. Um, and kind of like those uh, end-of-the-world movies, you know, we're just – bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happens and you're watching these people just like just barely hanging on by the seat of their pants uh, yeah i definitely maintain it it's a it's a fun watch and you can always it's something you can always throw on is it my favorite no <laughs> no no it's it's not but um it doesn't deserve it doesn't deserve the hate that it got and i think it deserves a sequel you know i'd, I'd watch a solo too okay so i think I think for me, the biggest issue that I had uh, is in fact that I am a huge Harrison Ford fan. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I just could not get around the casting uh, of this other person playing Han Solo. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, there was a, I really can't put my finger on to as to what it was other than the fact that it wasn't Harrison Ford probably. And that's probably not fair. I, I, can't, I can't remember the, the actor's name and how to pronounce it. So I'm just going to leave it there. You can Google it. You all know how to look that up anyway. Um, but I think that for me, that was probably what the biggest thing was. Cause I'm, you know, Han Solo, but anyway. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> team solo. Yay. <laughs> all right. It's but, as if he's human and he ages and needs to retire and stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'd rather on the, on the other hand, I would rather have that. They, that they casted a real actor. I'm glad they didn't CGI try it try that route on yeah. would, would you have fun. liked uh him to do like a more of a harrison ford impression as he played the character i think it would have been important to tie the two characters together for what we see starting in new hope to where he's at um i think that's probably the the biggest thing for me was that was that he just didn't have like the same there was not the swagger maybe he hadn't learned how to have the swagger yet and maybe that comes with the sequel uh you know solo 
to Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe that's where it's at. Maybe that's where he learns it. Part but part do. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's where it's at. But it, th there was such a, a drastic departure, in my opinion, between the way the character was played. And maybe it's just because that person hadn't come of age as, as of yet. Maybe the character of Han Solo had to grow into who, who Han Solo was. So I have been a fan of Star Wars games since I can't remember when I wasn't. I remember uh, way back in the days of uh, Super Nintendo when they came out with that Star Wars, side-scrolling Star Wars game. You had to mm -hmm. jump on the, the Jawa uh, tra uh, machine there and try and go up the, you know, with Luke Skywalker and all that stuff. Super Star uh, Wars? Yes, that was good times. And then Super Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, that was the stuff. All right. I have to say, though, I was particularly impressed with Star Wars Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. And I was hoping that somehow Lucasfilm would figure out a way to get the character of Galen Merrick, a.k.a. Starkiller, onto the big screen with potentially Sam Witwer in the lead role. I thought he did such a great job as Starkiller as the secret apprentice uh, at, to Darth Vader in those in those games. Are you familiar with those at all? Absolutely, yeah. All right, <laughs> just making sure. All right. Sam Whitworth is, uh, is, is my spirit animal. Um. Yeah. <laughs> also does a great Darth Maul, by the way. He's Maul, Desidious. He, yeah, yeah, he's, he does it all. He's a pretty amazing voice actor. So do you think that Lucasfilm missed the mark there, not capitalizing on the popularity of those two games? Because there was clearly a fan base asking for not only a third game, but for something more than that. And what do you feel is the next logical step for the movie franchise? Well, it's a, it's, it's a little question, right? Because there's, there's a lot of great stuff that came out of Legends, you know, like myself being huge Legends fan, as, as I mentioned, you know, I'm 128 Legends books in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of really cool stuff. I, I do still have to be cognizant that, you know, the Legends universe was never quite canon to begin with. And as much as I love the game and Starkiller, um, he is crazy overpowered. <laughs> like when you play the game on, on one of the uh, advertisements, he does his like, you know, where he jumps up, hovers and does a force burst and it just disintegrates stormtroopers and stuff. You know, I, I can't say that they missed the mark because who would he fight? <laughs> who in Star Wars could stand up to him? You know, um, it's it's fun though. I mean, especially when you got to to walk around and like punt Jawas and stuff like that. It's <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. I would love to see something come of it. Um, I actually have you know uh, my my own little little pitch where we could get maybe a, a lesser version of that. Um. So yeah, here here's me in the. Where I, I would say Star Wars to go from here, and I'm going to include where we started with this. So um, right. just, just follow me. So at the end of Last Jedi, we see Broom Boy, right? This kid, he's, he was like a slave on his planet or whatever. I want Broom Boy to, to be Starkiller. I, I want him to cool. have been inspired by, you know, seeing you know, these rebels uh, or the resistance come to his planet. And now he, he's, you know, seeing that he has these powers, he's heard of, of Luke Skywalker and all these things. And now he wants to stand up and protect people. 
Um, and then I want the situation where he does a, a like a liberation for the other little kids there and they all escape, but they're all children and they don't know where to go or what to do. And some of them go back. You know, I want him to try to protect one of them from like one of their masters or whatnot. And in that moment, he accesses the dark side for the first time and just blows the dude away. And I, I want that kid to kind of go down this path of like, okay, well, the only thing that matters is power and then start finding, you know, Sith things and like going down that and starting his own little version of it. And then he would go up against whatever Ray does with the Jedi in the future. That's what I want to see going forward. So I would watch that. No, seriously, I would watch that. I think that'd be a, interesting. The storyline. I really do. Uh, because if you think about the the path to it, because then he thinks that only the power is the only thing that's going to protect him and his friends and and he's gonna tap into that and yeah, I think that's a great storyline. Even though he see has seen the good of the of the light side of the force, he he accesses the dark. So like Vader, he's light corrupted, you know? Yeah. All right, Lucasfilms, there you go. That's what you need to do next. <laughs> Get a hold of Darth Chocolate. He's going to tell you how to write this stuff. Right? <laughs> so the first thing I thought about, Brandon, when, when uh, I heard your name, Darth Chocolate, I was like, well, wait a sec. Siths usually have a rule of two. So who's your counterpart, <laughs> right? So is your counterpart perhaps Darth Jar Jar? <laughs> have you heard uh, of the Dark Jar Jar theory? Have you have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I, I I have I have, and I I love the theory myself. <laughs> I I actually was against the Darth Jar Jar theory until um, I was preparing for for uh, a podcast of my own and was watching um, some of the behind the scenes footage from from the from the prequels from uh, Phantom Menace, and George Lucas kept saying over and over again. Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Jar Jar is the key. I'm like, why does he keep saying that? Like, what mm. what is he what is he planning? You what know? What is he thinking? And I don't know. The only the only thing I can see is what I mean, what if that was the twist? The character that right? they made kids fall in love with ends up being the the main villain. You know, yeah. that'd be a twist on the same scale as as I am your father. Um but yeah, I wish it were true <laughs> yeah i'm a huge fan i had a i had a what was it like an eight foot cardboard cutout of jar jar in my room watching <laughs> over me as i slept so that would probably freak me out in the end uh if I... <laughs> no joke it was like some big like cardboard it was fun You're but your kids would have trust in... <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the nerdiest thing i ever owned was that giant cutout you used to go back to bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know if I take part in the thought that he's a Sith because it doesn't seem like he aligns himself with the religion or organization of the Sith, right? It doesn't seem that way, at least. Maybe he's just really deceptive, like Palpatine times 10. But um, do you feel perhaps he's using like this sort of drunken fist style force using that enables him to see like it's like it looks like dumb luck? And who do you think would win in a fight? Drunken Fist, Darth Jar Jar, or Palpatine? <laughs> Captain Sparkle Fingers. <laughs> uh, I mean that that would uh, it's 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 a good question because it's it's either he does have like 
you know, drunken abilities or is actually using the force. I mean, come on, you trip on a blaster and it keeps shooting people specifically. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so either he does have powers, he just doesn't understand them. Or he has plot armor. I don't. I don't know right. which is stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can yeah. can Palpatine get through the plot armor? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, in in thinking about this, you know, when Mace Windu had had like uh, he was against Palpatine there on the edge of the building on Coruscant and stuff, and then Palpatine's face all of a sudden changed when he reversed the lightning on him. Well, Palpatine said, you know what, you know, what has been hidden has now come to light or something like that. I forget or the, the true form of myself or whatever. But the point is, is that Palpatine has been theorized to use some sort of disguise, like forced disguise to kind of convince everybody that he is the, a senator, right? Instead. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of wondering if Jar Jar is really good at that too, right? <laughs> Maybe that's something that he's hiding and he's just super deceptive <laughs> sorry i'm just having this like mental image of jar jar getting electrocuted and then he turns into like brad pitt or something what i was not expecting that and two they they said that the uh from you know from the uh, conspiracy theorists that i've read uh and have kind of convinced me that i i do believe that jar jar was originally supposed to be a sith and that all comes down to the end of episode one, where there was so much blowback about mm-hmm. Jar Jar. Yeah. Um, and that George Lucas had ruined the franchise and he had done this and he mm-hmm. had done that. Um, that instead of making, because there there's a, uh, and I don't know if it's Photoshopped or what, but there's a picture floating around the internet of the original title of episode two, instead of Attack of the Clones, was supposed to be Jar Jar's Revenge or the Revenge of Jar Jar or something <laughs> like that. Um, you know, and supposedly Ahmed Best had posted it, but there's, there's no real way to know if, if, if Ahmed Best has done that or not. Um, also Ahmed Best, you know, please be a guest. Um, but also, him. I, I, we're I, trying, I I'm him. trying, I'm, I, I am uh, going, I would love that. TikTok. Well, I think you know, he's great. a new, he's a new Jedi, uh, Keller and Beck, uh, on this, uh, on a kid's show now. Yeah. Which. I'm I'm just so happy to see like him come back up and the love that he gets now. It's like inspiring. yeah, he deserves it. I mean, he took so much flack for just doing the role that he was assigned, mm-hmm. you know. Which is all the I mean, the man got death threats for for doing a role that he was assigned to do. I I have never understood that, and uh, he did it well. <laughs> he did. Yeah. With he, with the with the character that he was given, the parameters he was given, the species that he was assigned to play. You know, Jar Jar wasn't the only Gungan that talked that way. They all did, right. you know. Um, so yeah, so the 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 hate kind of pushed George Lucas off of that, and he went he took Jar Jar another way, which is supposedly why in Episode Two, there's very little Jar Jar because there was such blowback about him. Yeah, according to the conspiracy theorists that yeah. I don't or may not believe in. <laughs> I loved Jar Jar. You know, I I don't know. That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be honest. Opinion. I had to warm up to him over time. I'm you know. Um, because when I, I, coming from a, such a strong background of episodes four, five, six, which, you know, those were the holy triumvirate of movies when I was a kid, I watched, you know, I, I, I often compare them to my marriage and sickness and health, good times and bad. That's those, those movies are always there. Okay. Those, those are my standbys. And so when episode one came out, I can't tell you 
how much giggling there was for me in the line getting ready to walk in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go watch a new Star Wars movie. Oh, I was so excited. I mean, like, literally excited. And then I, I, I had such a hard time with it. It took me years to be able to watch episode one again and go and see the benefits of that movie and the way that it started setting up for other things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have, I think that's the problem with a lot of Star Wars fans. We have, uh, we have blinders on to what we think the universe should be. And so, anyway. I will stop rambling now because I could go on for hours. <laughs> no, so. it, uh, I mean, n- not to take over anything, but no, please do. it just makes me think uh, one of the things I love finding out about people is when they got into the fandom, because especially with Star Wars, it's such a generational thing and your entry point changes everything, you know, like me, my entry point was um, I came into it around the time that the re-releases were coming out, right? So I didn't have this big gap where there was nothing and all I've all I've had is these to rewatch. And so they kind of bled, you know, in together. But I also talk to people where the very first thing that they've seen is the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got to watch the prequels having all the extra context given to them by the Clone Wars show. You know, and I, I just think it's it's fascinating because now we're going to get yeah. a yeah. bunch of people where the sequels are their entry point, and they're going to have a huge different view. True. Yeah, agreed. Empire for me, by the way. Just <laughs> so you've mentioned that uh, uh, on one of your TikToks, you're glad that lightsaber colors don't have the meaning in canon because it tends to complicate things within the Star Wars universe, right? So. Lightsabers, according to legends, is going to be, uh, depending on the Jedi and Wright and his persona and et cetera. But in canon, it's simply just, you know, colors that, you know, um, that the Jedi can kind of choose from, essentially. Um, so if you, Mr. Brandon, were to choose a lightsaber color, what would it be? But if the lightsaber color had to choose you, what do you think you'd end up with? Ooh, uh, all right. So for me, I've always loved um, anything in the the yellow, gold, oranges uh, type type area. It's always been my thing ever since playing Jedi Power Battles yes. um, on PlayStation. Plo Hello. Koon had a yellow mm-hmm. lightsaber in that. It was well, it's kind of it was kind of oranges, but. Yeah. So my favorite character in the whole game, he became my favorite Jedi, still is. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the color that I would definitely choose. Um, but, you know, considering that these are, uh, these crystals are semi-sentient you now, and, and they, they choose you. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling I'd end up with a, with a green saber. Myself. Okay. All so right. the yellow would indicate it's a Jedi Sentinel who honored his skills of the balance of combat and scholarly pursuits, right? So now what does the green mean again? I'm forgetting here. I'm looking at that. Uh, yeah, in Legends, green was the, the Jedi Consular. Um, That's right. Yeah. It reflected on the mysteries of the Force and fight the dark, si- and fight the dark side at its heart. And didn't blue oh, okay. uh, rec- symbolize their ability to, in combat? Something like that. Yeah, something like, that. like a guardian or something like that. Yeah, yeah. guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Jedi who preferred the Force to fight the dark side um, yep. instead. Nice, okay. cool. Well, okay. So many of you, many know that you like Spider-Man as well. 
particularly the Spider-Man who's not a teenager in high school. And in addition, you like Star Wars, of course. So if you had to choose between the powers of Spider-Man and that of being a Force user, right? No Spider-Man Force user. Sorry. You had to choose. Which would you choose and why? No Force webs. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a tough one because, you know, I mean, obviously the Force gives you some great powers, but yeah. uh, spider powers never run out. Uh, your, your webbing might run out, but you're always super strong. And uh, spider sense would come in very handy in a lot of cases. Um, you know, I, I would still have to have to fall to, to the Jedi, uh, de- depending on, you know, what skills I was gifted with. I, it could help me with uh, job interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will pay me this much an hour. <laughs> I agree. I think there's less of a learning curve. I feel like where the, the force, it's almost difficult to use, but Spider-Man actually was the other way around. Like it was hard for him to control when his hands stick to something and et cetera. So like you'd have to learn all that. So that's probably, I'd probably choose the force just because I don't want to go through that whole. Uh, Pulling spider- your car door off. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that was you know, <laughs> spider, spider, spider puberty, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honey, call the car insurance company. I pulled the door off again. <laughs> Great. Cool. A lot of cars to figure that one out. <laughs> Imagine the deductible. <laughs> Although it'd make parallel parking really easy. You just can't pick it up and just walk it in. Car from a lamppost. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Ben, I really love your passion and your enthusiasm for Star Wars. I was watching uh, a lot of your broadcasts. Um, now, what are your some of your other favorite? sci-fi series and how did you get started down the dark path of star wars originally uh yeah so i i mean absolutely love uh love firefly um i do love star trek um although i i don't know why i've, I've never watched deep space nine and i know I, I need to and i'm supposed to um <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry we heard um, nothing we can cut that out <laughs> Down, Trekkies. Down. Leave the man alone. Down, Trekkies. <laughs> um, I, I've always been a big, uh, big comic, bu- comic guy on both Marvel and DC, um, as well as there's a lot of, you know, awesome things that are not part of those two egos. Like, I love Exo Manowar. He's so freaking cool and underrated. Um, addition to that, I, I'm, a, I'm a big anime fan. Um, I don't oh, know nice. I'm not sure. Okay says anything but um yeah i've i've been part of you know geek culture since as far as i can remember it's what i've always gravitated to um and it all started with uh my my mom is a, was a closet geek um <coughs> uh, my my dad on the other hand was uh, like a cool guy kind of jock you know grew up playing basketball yeah. playing music and all this stuff um and then once i got home I grabbed my mom's VHS tape of Empire Strikes Back and just watched that over and over again. So <laughs> I kind of grew up in, in both in both uh, camps. Empire is a good gateway drug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> uh, I also I, I listen to a lot of the uh, uh, Star Wars novels about uh, now it's uh, no longer canon, but uh, I love the uh, stories about Luke and Mara Jade. 
And I was kind of disappointed when uh, they didn't bring Mara Jade into the uh, the sequels because uh, she was a very popular character. Uh, did you ever read any of those novels? I assume from what oh. I thought about you, that you were into those. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, the whole because they they actually plan to get married on the Thrawn duology, right? Visions of the past and specters of the future, or yeah, um, since I read them, but yeah, as well as uh, I mean, one of my favorites, and I don't, no one ever talks about this, but uh, the book Allegiance, which is like um, okay. a bunch of uh, stormtroopers that defect and they end up teaming up with Mara Jade, and then they have another book um yeah i always i did love the character uh rumor has it that george lucas always hated the character (laughs) um but i I don't know i mean we we still may find something yet because um kind of the the ownership with that is really weird right yeah like uh like timothy zahn now you know, currently works for it, and he's brought Thrawn back into canon, right? Um, and I, I don't see a reason why we couldn't do that because I'm pretty sure it was Zahn that created Mara Jade as well. And okay. even though you know none of that is in the sequels, we also have to remember that the that each trilogy is um, it's uh, you know grandparents, you know parents, you know kids, right? So we still haven't seen them in their prime in a film, right? So if you could still enter, there was still a large gap between those two where someone like her could, could pop back into it. Yeah, you know, to me, it's just kind of disappointing when, uh, you know, Luke's marriage was effectively annulled by Mickey Mouse and Luke's son, <laughs> Ben, was given to Han and Leia in place of Dana, Jason, and Anakin. It was just like this whole, you know, thing was shuffled. But I got a question and throw this out there despite all these things in your opinion how will ben and ray handle the attack by the yuzhan vong when it finally comes oh they're screwed galaxy <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you better hope the the chis ascendancy like pops in or something right? like that but uh no i i definitely get what you what you're what you're saying though because because jaina is, is my favorite like star yeah. wars character yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially the legacy of the force like invincible and stuff where she trains with boba fett uh but i will say we have close to 70 novels in canon now and the the quality is is really high on just about all of them so just just as a side point any of our listeners who aren't familiar with yuzhan bong they were a sentient species that invaded the galaxy and nearly destroyed the new republic in the novel so i just want to bring people up because not everybody's is this deep into the star wars <laughs> the legends yeah also I, I do they are the disgusting that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they don't even show up in the force you can't they can't even protect them which is, which I, is kind of an interesting twist i do love the fact that there was zero hesitation what do you think that happened oh they're screwed yeah yeah, yeah. they're done, yeah, they're done. <laughs> So, of course, our, the theme of our whole podcast and, and our Facebook group is humor in science fiction. And I'm old, okay? I remember a world before Star Wars. Right? Old. I know, it's hard to believe. I was, uh, I was a uh, junior in high school when the uh, first one came out. And uh, so the, I, I'm a big fan of the original trilogy, obviously, because it was my first one. And it was really funny. Uh, R2, C-3PO kind of had this 
whole old school Laurel and Hardy thing going on. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. Han and Leia, they, the zingers that they had back and forth, just constantly entertaining. And even Vader, when he said, apology accepted, they really gave <laughs> his character a depth and humor, this really dark humor that I didn't see done successfully in, in the prequels and the sequels. I mean, they, they made attempts at humor and most of them kind of failed or they were so obvious. Some people called them cringeworthy. <laughs> but but my opinion, of course, is that the it's the humor of the original series that puts it ahead of the prequels and the sequels. So question for you is, what role do you feel humor plays in the success of Star Wars series overall? Oh, it it's extremely important because it, it just adds levity to these dark stories, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when Star Wars came out, it's... <sighs> Episode four, right, is, is Star Wars, and it's just really simple story of black and white. There's good and there's evil. We're the good guys. We get the bad guys. The good guy, he's dressed in all white. The bad guy, he's dressed in all black. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then you move forward to Empire Strikes Back, and the good guy, uh, you know, when when Luke, he's like impatient and stuff. He fails his test, and you can see he's could go down the path of becoming a bad guy. The right. good guys training him turns out that they were lying to him about who the bad guy was and the bad guy used to be a good guy. And like, it gets really convoluted. Um, but in some of those darker moments, I still laugh hysterically every time I watch Yoda uh, when they first meet yeah. and he's just like picking up stuff and like mm -hmm. trying to eat his food. And yeah. <laughs> how do you get so big? <laughs> hitting R2 with the, with the stick. Um, <laughs> Well, and you know, another thing for me was, is when, when we saw that there was no internet, there was no way to look up any other information. All we had was a movie to go on. I remember having uh, discussions at length about whether Darth was actually Luke's father or not. We had arguments. We went on for hours back and forth. <laughs> well, he couldn't be his father because of this. Well, he, he must be his father because, you know, and so I kind of missed that. And, and, you know, the internet has, has made us so uh jaded and so oversaturated with information it doesn't allow you the the space to uh to to use your imagination and have some fun with some of the the world because it's become so developed and uh, it was so raw and so fresh back then um yeah, and not to mention the humor just just changes over time right i mean i i remember you know watching uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and laughing mm -hmm. hysterically. If that came out today, I don't think it would work. Yeah. Um, oh, probably not. I, I, yeah. I my wife doesn't not. get it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my wife has made it through uh, Awake a single time. She's yeah. always falling asleep. Yeah. Every single time I put that movie on, she's falling asleep. Right? Yeah. FYI, I just thought I would note here that um, the appearance of Yoda as a Muppet actually proves that Star Wars and the Muppets are, are interconnected. They're, uh, they're, they're in the same universe. It's a strong, yeah, the Muppets are part of the Star Wars universe. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. <laughs> I mean, this is the argument that comes up every time we have one of these shows. You yeah. know. Uh, Hold on, I'm going to go Gonzo find my iPad. I'll be is, back in a couple minutes. Gonzo, we found out, <laughs> is an alien. So, you know. Anyway, I'm just waiting for someone to bust out in Rainbow Connection, but sung as Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, Yoda's Frank Oz. Frank Oz. Yeah. One day, Yoda. find it, we will. 
<laughs> connection of the rainbow. <laughs> Somebody needs to do that. Right? I love it. I, I almost spit yeah, my water out. Make it. So, <laughs> all right. Anyone watching this, make that song, please. Uh, right? me. I don't have time. <laughs> well, we got one more question from our admin, Deb. Uh, and she, of course, agrees that humor is important. And she goes on to, uh, you know, to Star Wars in general, but she goes on to cite the example of Candace Payne, a.k.a. Chewbacca Mom, who took a mask and infected us with her personal joy and laughter. Mm -hmm. And it be just become this huge phenomenon, uh, this uh, uh, internet sensation of just a woman having fun with a Star Wars toy. And I, and I think that is just beautiful. And it kind of talks about the, the, uh, the effect of just, just fun things. So Deb was wondering about you. Do you have any masks that make you laugh or that you enjoy with Star Wars? If so, which ones and and what mask would resonate with you, do you think? Um, <laughs> well, for, for me, uh, masks and Star Wars are usually signified terror. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> You know, I, I have the opposite relationship with that where I like I remember watching Force Awakens for the first time in theaters and Kylo Ren is this big imposing figure and he's just like seems ultra powerful and then he took off his mask and I was like <laughs> right? uh, to me he looked like a he looked like a wet dog, but a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people liked him. So that's cool. That's cool. But um yeah, for, for me it's it's the opposite. But the thing I I just, I think about that uh, really resonates with me in regards to, to Chewbacca mom is that um, I feel like the more connected like society gets through the internet and all these things, um, it's almost goes back to high school where everyone has to try and be cool. And in high school, the cool kids don't like anything, right? <laughs> it's, it's cool to not be into anything or to make fun of things or to put things down. And when you find someone that genuinely just is happy and genuinely has fun, it's infectious. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's yeah. A, a beacon in the dark now. And um, I mean, that's that's how I see it. I I apologize for going off off task, but um, oh, <laughs> all good, all good. I like oh, the answer. Kit Fisto. I'm sorry. Let me. I will say this. Um, the 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 costume for Kit Fisto, especially in Attack of the Clones, where like he like kills a bunch of the droids and then like looks and has a big smile to the camera. That <laughs> that always true. makes me laugh too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. So do you have a Kylo Ren mask or any of those things? I do. I yeah. actually do. Have you a do. Kylo Ren mask, um, and I have a Plo Koon mask somewhere. Oh, cool! Um, nice. Nice. That I picked up at Star Wars Celebration 2015. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> cool. So now's the time for my favorite segment, the game. Ooh, we're going to play, play a game. The two, game. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Now here's the thing. If you win, you get a red shirt widows and orphans mug. Okay. Saying you gave to the red shirt widows and orphans. Highly mug. coveted. Highly shirt. coveted. <laughs> If you lose, you get your face photoshopped on a meme of, of uh, our choice, and you get put on our Facebook group of over 80,000 members. So I win either you, way. Gotcha. 
<laughs> I was going to ask if you accept those I mean, terms, but I guess sorry. this is a win. I'll have to okay. think about it. Well, yeah. well done, sir. Well done. So how exactly am I losing? No? Uh, there's a man who's comfortable with himself. I love, I love it. it. I love it. All right. Question one. The character Chewbacca. From Star Wars, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> Which is the lie? Number one, he was inspired by George Lucas's dog. Number two, the name Chewbacca is derived from Slovakian origin, meaning many-haired fellow. Or number three, Chewbacca's character has a family back home. Which one is the lie? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So knowing George Lucas, um, the one that has the, the most information behind it would be the lie. So number, number two has got to be the lie. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Good job. That is the me lie. Well played, Wonderful. sir. Question two. What type of currency is not part of Star Wars? Ooh. Number one. Whoopie whoopie a gold currency being used by the huts on Tatooine, which equals 0.625 Republic credits. Republic credits being used by, of course, the Republic is number two. And latinum being used in trade with Camino for the purpose of manufacturing clones. Um, Whew. Okay, this is, uh, this is a tough one. I mean, Republic, um, whoopie whoopie, or Latinum? Uh, well, we, we can already, re you know, remove Republic credits because uh, Republic credits will do fine. Uh, no, they won't. Uh, no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, okay. Um, now, whoopie whoopie or Latinum? Okay, so there was a, a term. I, so I've never heard of either of them before, but... I feel like Whoopi Whoopi may have been a reference in the holiday special because I remember there was like a, a holiday special. I had to bring that I, up, didn't you? <laughs> All right, podcast done. <laughs> I had to make everyone uncomfortable. I mean, especially with this Chewbacca's father-in-law. Anyways. Um, <laughs> this is where you're not watching Deep Space Nine is going to hurt you. <laughs> Let's... Uh, Let's go with uh, Latinum is the lie. Latinum is the lie. You got Woo! it. Gold, gold press Latinum was actually used in Star Trek and often referred to by Cork on Deep Space Nine. So I was like really worried about you <laughs> for that question. Yeah, I was, you said, I was okay. like, oh no, he's going to get that one wrong. If, and if I remember correctly, uh, Whoopi Whoopi is referenced in Phantom Menace when uh, Jar Jar eats the thing hanging from the thing right before the pod races and the oh. other guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Whoopie, whoopie. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So you got two correct. Okay. Ooh, One more and you get the cup. All right. Question three Spider Man's parents. They worked as agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and had once saved Wolverine's life. Number two. They had previously worked as scientists in the same lab that developed the spider that changed Peter Parker into Spider-Man. Number three, they died in a tragic plane crash. <laughs> Which one is the lie? 
sorry. It's 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 a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Admiral Akbar. Because one is in the '90s Spider-Man animated series, uh, the other is in Amazing Spider-Man Two, um, which is uh, sorry. The third one is is that one, and uh, the second one is in. Um, I think it would also be Amazing Spider-Man Two. But okay, I'll, I'll go with this. The second one being being the lie. Yep, they were not scientists in the same lab that developed the spiders. So you got your third okay, one correct, okay, which means okay. you won. But now we have the two bonus questions. You ready? Oh, no. Question, uh, sure. Question four. What is not true when it comes to Martian the Manhunter? All right, let's go. He is severely addicted to Oreos as much as a human gets addicted to heavy narcotics. His nephew was actually more powerful than he was number two number three he's a fan of sailor moon all throw all three of those are highly plausible <laughs> <laughs> all right so um, severely addicted to oreos his nephew's more powerful he's a fan of sailor moon which one is the lie uh I, I don't remember his nephew, but he has a niece, McGann, and McGann had a brother in Young Justice. But McGann's a white Martian. The nephew one is is not true. You got it. So actually, his niece, Miss Martian, was a protege of Martian Manhunter, was able to keep her powers more stable than Martian Manhunter, supposedly, and was especially adept at telepathy. Yes. Good Wonderful. job bring that out because Josh even wore his 1937 Russian sailor shirt to try and throw you off the track. <laughs> sailor Moon deal. <laughs> all right. Final question. Now, if you get all five questions right, we'll also throw in a t-shirt. I gave to the red shirt widows and orphans fund. Okay. <laughs> Fifth question. In Star Wars, which of the following was not powered by Tabana Gas? Most blasters, the Death Star, hyperdrives. Or Drayton after a bean burrito. (laughs) (laughs) Most blasters, the Death Star, or hyperdrives. Okay, so uh, in in Rebels, we we saw the, uh, the, the space whales, I forget what they're called, consume Tabana gas. And jump to hyperspace. hyperspace. Uh, uh, so, so I, I can I can see hyperdrives, um, and on, on the Death Star, the primary weapon was was powered by Kyber, but that doesn't mean that the whole station was. I don't know. Um, but the Empire probably would have annexed uh, Cloud City earlier. I'm going to go with the Star with the Death Star. Death Star. Final answer. Okay. That is right. The Death Star was powered by a super laser from hypermatter reactor that used large kyber crystals, which are the same crystals in lightsabers, to focus the beam. 
Wonderful. Well, so you good. you got all five right. I'm yeah. impressed. Five. Five. I, hey, I, tried I said to make in the beginning he was going to rival George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to make him tough, man. So great work. Awesome. So you'll be getting a cup and a t-shirt in the mail. I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Awesome. The, the I, I shirt look will look a lot like this, just bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, it's been our, it's been our <laughs> pleasure to have you on today, man. This has been this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. But so help people know where to find you. Where's the best places on the internet for people to find Brandon McKinney, Darth Chocolate? Yeah. So I um, most of my content currently is on TikTok. I am uh, at Darth Choco on TikTok. Um, that's what's got me started creating content this past May, like two days before May 4th is first time I ever created content. Um, but on, uh, I plan to build up my Instagram and Facebook at, uh, both being, um, Darth.chocolate. And then on, um, on YouTube, I am Darth Chocolate. So all right. I'm in all those places. All right, cool. Well, we'll make sure to include all those links in our show description when we post this. Um, And so thank you for being on. This was awesome. We want to thank our listeners as well. Make sure that you go on uh, over to YouTube and check out Darth Chocolate to see Brandon's podcast, The High Ground on YouTube for some really cool in-depth conversations about some of the various topics we talked about here and and some even uh, some well some even more in-depth conversations than that so some really cool stuff and if you're in if you have a short attention span go check out tiktok and you can see his opinions on things <laughs> in 60 second bursts uh so he's got some some really cool stuff there now if if for those who are you are listening or watching if you want to see more amazing guests like brandon because let's give it up for him brandon was pretty cool yeah. be sure to hit like and subscribe on our content here and then go over to brandon's and hit like and subscribe over there too Okay, so thank you guys and thank you for being with us today on Funny thank Science you. Fiction. Thank you so fun. much. May the force be with you. We would like to take a moment to talk about the brave men and women who have boldly gone and not returned. We're talking about our beloved red shirts. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number nine. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and gets eaten by the carnivorous alien fungus on Teleprime, 12 minutes into episode 19, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and half of his one good kidney. That fictional charity, Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, is connected to a very real charity and your purchase of the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund merchandise allows us to give 100% of profits sold to the awesome folks over at Wish Upon a Teen. They help kids have a more comfortable stay at hospitals when their stay becomes more extended. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.